What is up? And welcome in. It's another edition of Talking Flock, a Flamingo podcast where we discuss everything happening with your Ford Madison FC. My name is Jeremy Rushing, alongside me as always from Madison three six five. One of the uh, one of the fan favorites among the uh, Ford Madison media, and uh, proud to have him as my co-host, Rob Chapel. Rob, how you doing? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, we'll have a two-two draw to get to in just a minute. Yeah. Um, but you know, busy part of the summer, busy part of the schedule here. Um, just before we got on the podcast, my uh, my wife just threw it on us tonight. Like, hey, there's like a, a movie night happening at the park down the street. Let's go to that. I'm like, okay, we got to be back by like nine though, because I got to do this <laughs> podcast. And of course, like nine oh four, we're walking in the door, so I'm scrambling. Uh-huh. So. That when you have when you have multiple kids, as you know, Rob, the summer schedule can be very, very packed. How are you navigating that yes. so far? Uh, so far, so good. We we've got yeah. one kid going to summer school, one could one kid not. I've got I had them out kayaking this afternoon, taking them camping this weekend, uh, yeah. and, and we we haven't really ramped up the the full on like soccer camp season yet, but that's coming. Hey, it keeps you busy. We got I got one in gymnastics and. Another one I think we're going to be putting in like dance here pretty soon. So, yeah, it's uh, it's wild times. But uh, anyways, uh, neither of them soccer yet. Our five-year-old tried soccer. She decided yeah. she wanted to just focus on gymnastics instead. She wasn't a huge yeah. fan of soccer. Maybe she'll come back around to it. We'll see. Uh, but they do enjoy sitting on the couch with me and, and, and watching every now and then. So uh, maybe they'll just be like me. Not play yeah. a single minute of organized soccer, but just be, be super fan. <laughs> You're, you're you're raising you're raising the next generation of soccer podcasters. There you go, boom. <laughs> that would be great. Both my daughters hosting an all female soccer podcast. That'd be great. Be the next person to call up. Tell Susanna Collins that she's got somebody uh, nipping at her heels. She's a three yep. year old girl. Uh, but anyways, um, thank you guys for tuning into the podcast once again. Episode thirty nine. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, please do. Also, leave us a rating and review on your preferred podcast platform. If you haven't yet, you can also follow us on Twitter. At talking flock, it is just Rob and I this week. I know I can I can hear the hear the groans coming mm-hmm. through the speakers here. Um, we were going to try to get get uh, you know a couple options for for players or coaches on, but it's just a busy week. Training's been moved to the evening, so and that's when we record. So it's just very very tough. Uh, we promise to have a guest back for next week's show as well. Mm-hmm. But this week it's just Rob. It's just me. You're stuck with the two of us. Uh, before we get into the game analysis on the 2-2 draw against Tormenta, a few news items in regards mm-hmm. to the Mingos to touch on. We have another friendly announced. These are a lot of international fun. friendly. An international friendly. Two international yeah. friendlies in one season for the Mingos. I don't know. Have they had that yet? I think in 2019 they had they had um, uh, Hertha Berlin, and I think they also had uh, another Mexican club come that year. But since then, I don't okay. think they have. Well, uh, we have another one coming. It's Pumas Tabasco coming on July 20th. If mm-hmm. you're wondering who they are, second division club in Mexico, uh, affiliate of uh, UNAM there. So um, tickets are on sale right now. Again, that's July 20th, so about four weeks away. Um, also on July 20th is when Minnesota United is playing Everton, which I'm going to. I'm very excited about. So I decided to throw that in there. Fantastic. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, this, this should be a lot of fun as well. Um, international friendlies are always a super unique atmosphere as anybody who's been there probably knows you get to see some players take the field who you don't normally see obviously get to see a team who you probably haven't seen play live before so um, just an overall cool atmosphere and kudos to the club for continuing to bring these clubs in and you know we've seen in the past that um, you know they are willing not only to play these clubs but also develop international partnerships as well and I have to imagine Mm -hmm. you know getting together for a, a friendly is something that can sort of spark some sort of you know coexistence between these two yeah. clubs yeah and, and we did have the Paderborn friendly last week also uh yeah. two one two one lost for the mingos but it sounds like it was a good a good uh a good week or a good few days they had an extra day because of the weather on wednesday they postponed the game to thursday last week uh and um got, got some guys some minutes that normally wouldn't uh they got three mingos in there one of those mingos turned out to be connor gage from verona wisconsin who just finished his sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. Got to jump in and play against some some German, some Bundesliga uh, opposition. So that's pretty exciting for him. Um, and uh, it sounds like it was a a pretty uh, pretty fun atmosphere that week. I, I did not make it to that game, but it was sounds like it was a, a good one. 
You know what was funny about the the delay is uh, I was on Twitter as I usually am, and you know anytime there you know a baseball team announces a rain delay or a postponement or something like that, dimensions are just atrocious. Like you know people just complaining. I yeah. had tickets. I was going to bring so and so. Now our plans are ruined. Our day is ruined. Our life is ruined. Blah 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 blah. But yeah. even for Madison fans, when the when the game was postponed, they're in the matches. They were like, you know what? That's fair. Like, yeah. you know, safety good, first. Good call. Good call. Yeah, let's, let's not go out in severe weather. So. Uh, I, I love that. But uh, yeah, despite the movement, it seemed like a good turnout. Obviously a good match as well. Um, just mm-hmm. an overall cool cool atmosphere there. And we get that again on the 20th. Uh, but Rob, let's uh, switch focus here and talk about the 2-2 draw against mm-hmm. Tormenta. Um, initial reaction, knee-jerk reaction when you see that 2-2 draw against uh, a team like Tormenta who, you know, despite the fact that they'd been struggling this season, had an identical record to Ford Madison yeah. um, heading into that match. Um, but still seemed like a team based off their prior performances who was very beatable. Seemed like a team you could come away with three points. Um, all in all, you come out with the draw. Um, I think the way I look at it, the way the match played out, I think Ford Madison at the same two in two different ways, they should feel disappointed mm-hmm. with the draw, but also mm-hmm. fortunate to get the draw. Because mm-hmm. I think you could probably say both of their goals, you know, one's you know, both off deflections. Could have easily neither of those could have could have gone in. You know, uh, there could have been an instance where neither of those go in, and you're, uh-huh. you're two nil, two one, whatever it is. Uh, but both of those do find the back of the net, and you come away with that draw. So it's kind of a, a mixed feeling, a little bit of a torn feeling, at least on my end. Yeah, and it's it's funny I, I, how reflecting back on it, I, I honestly after the match, immediately after the match, I felt really disappointed. Um, but then mm-hmm. upon reflection, you think. Um, how expectations shift during the course of the game. Like going into it anyway, game, you're like, you always feel like a draw on the road against a team that's relatively close to you in the table is going to be an okay, acceptable result, at least, right? You, you want to win at home, draw on the road, and you're going to be fine. Um, then you you'd go down a goal, and uh, <clears throat> and you're thinking, let's see if we can get, and, and you're, then you're really hoping for a draw at that point. Yep. And then you get two goals and you're ahead. And the 83rd and minute. Like, we got this in the bag. <laughs> and then you and then you and then you come away with the draw that two hours ago would have been acceptable. Now it feels like you you dropped two points on the table. Yeah. So uh <clears throat> it does shift, but it is, you know, death taxes and conceding a late equalizer are like, you know, the, the constant uh of Borough Madison fandom. So it, it always yep. feels disappointing, but also kind of predictable. <laughs> Yeah, part of me kind of feels bad for Matt Glazer and this coaching staff for kind of inheriting that because it hasn't uh-huh. happened much this year, but it's happened so much in the past that it's still such a sore spot. Yeah, for, yeah. For oh, yeah, yeah. Certainly, it's, it's, a, it's funny that it's a holdover from this whole other coaching staff and, and whole, basically a whole other team, but yeah. but we still it still lingers with us, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so it was not Matt Glazer in charge. Uh, he was still out, uh, due to COVID health protocols. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, was coach Neil there on the sideline as the head guy, um, mm-hmm. along with, uh, and then also unavailable for the Mingos with season Mario as well. Mm-hmm. Also in COVID-19 health protocols. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and, and we should say Cyrus Rod had also been in protocols for the friendly, but was available for the match, but did not start. And I, I, I'm not sure if that was just, he had just signed Christian Dean, wanted to get Christian Dean in the lineup and, or Rod was probably out of training for part of the week. So maybe what it didn't, wasn't fully match fit yet. So he did not get the start, but that was the only change from the previous match was, uh, I was a little surprised, honestly, to see that, that when you got, you know, we got these three games coming up, they're going to go with the same 11 that they did last week um, with just the one change. Yeah, and and credit to uh, Tormenta with the way they came out, at least from a defensive shape standpoint. They they did not allow Madison to sort of have that have that vertical play that had really been doing them very very well over the course of the last few matches. It was really really yeah. cutting off those those vertical channels and forcing Madison to do what uh, we don't really want to see, and I highly doubt right. the coaching staff wants to see it as well. Forcing them to make lateral passes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, prayer long balls um, really was sort of a, a carbon copy of what we had seen earlier in the season, what we had thought had been fixed. Um, I <laughs> yeah. don't know, but it, it looked like Tormenta was really sort of forcing this from Madison as well. Yeah, yeah. That, at first, when I watched it, I even was tweeting like the, the, all everything we've been praising for the last three weeks is gone. Like the the mm-hmm. forward 
movement with urgency the the direct play the really clever quick short passes was gone and then on rewatching the match you realize that it wasn't because madison didn't want to do that although i'm not i mean they, they did lack a little bit of urgency it felt like uh mm-hmm. but it was uh tormenta's midfield formation and the fact that they had basically eight or nine guys packed behind the ball all the time and they mm-hmm. have this this they lined up in this three one four two formation which is obviously very defensively minded, right? Uh, and but not only that, the four midfielders just kind of stacked themselves at the front of their defensive third, and and didn't and and weren't particularly interested in going forward. So the 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 midfield as as you're transitioning from the center line into the Madison's attacking third, it's just really crowded. And you're almost really playing eight defenders at that point. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. They're, they're, but yeah, you basically have a, you're, you're not thinking of those four guys as a line of midfielders. They're more like a high line of defenders yep. and which makes it really difficult. And they were, and to their credit also, they were very disciplined and, and weren't allowing Madison anything. So, so Madison was, was probing forward and running into this wall and then having to pull it back and, and rather, and, and what they, and then they got a little frustrated or a little in a hurry. So there would be like a lateral pass and, or that they go forward pull it back, switch fields to the other side, try to go forward again, and then get, get sick of it and try to launch the long ball forward, which would then get intercepted and picked off, which uh, that that formula worked out okay in the second half. We'll get to that, but uh, it, just in one instance. But for most of the first half, it was just Tormenta was just tremendously good in that, that defensive midfield uh, discipline and, and made things just really frustrating for Madison and made for, frankly, a really boring 45 minutes of soccer. Yeah. And we talk about sort of the, the boogeyman coming out. It, it reared its head again on set on a set piece yeah. uh, corner in the 13th minute. Uh, Christian Dean picks up Jake Dangler, marks him for about two steps. And then he just turns to watch the ball while the, uh, the mohawked mulleted mustachioed uh, himself. <laughs> Dangler uh, goes skies up and heads one into, uh, into the back of the net. Uh, Brando did go up for the cross, but just couldn't quite reach it and left that open yeah. net for and, England. And to be fair, Jake Tangler's like six five, right? Yeah, he's he's a big dude, and and uh, he's he's like the anchor there. He's their center back, you know, and and comes up for the corners and and just just I don't I don't know what Christian. I mean, Christian Dean just joined the team a week ago. Uh, he's probably not fully fit, uh, and um, and just just got caught out and, and, you know, picked Dangler up and Dangler just wandered away from him uh, at the back post. And, and, and it was not the best corner kick, honestly, it was very close to the line. Uh, And it should have been, Brino should have been able to pick it out. Right. That's, that's one that it's too close to the goal because the goalie can just come up and grab it. And it just was just outside of Reno's fingertips and Dangler got ahead to it and fell in and, and, you know, another set piece goal conceded. Yeah. And it's really, um, you know, that's, that's kind of been a weak spot for Ford Madison. It rears its head again. Um, I will say that I think Jake Dangler has the worst uh, haircut in the league. I'm just going to throw that out there, but he and, gets the goal. And the, and the, and the worst, um, and the worst, like mustache. I don't even know. What you can call it. <laughs> I'm not even sure you can call it that. Honestly, the, yeah, a few wisps of, of light blonde hair at, the, at his upper lip. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way he, he gets the laugh, I guess the first laugh. Yeah. In this game because he, well, uh, that was also did you know that was Tormenta's first home goal home goal this season four hundred and like fifteen wild. minutes or something, something like that. that. Yeah. That's wild to think, yeah. but uh, of course it's uh, Ford Madison who is uh, on the other end of that. Of course, um, that was really it for the first half. Yeah, um, not much really happened after that. Um, Madison again was really not able to generate any chances over the course of the entire first half. Um, and that was really the only chance that Tormenta had too. Yeah. So it I mean, was. Mickey Maldonado did have one chance early in the first half, but it wasn't that much. But it was. It was he ripped off a, a, a shot at a very steep angle that was you couldn't you wouldn't necessarily call it a great opportunity, but it was at yeah. least something. But we did get into the box one time. Yeah. Well, that was that was a precursor. Right. Other than that, was nothing. There was not much going on. That was a precursor to the whole rest of the match, right? I mean, yeah. Maldonado. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but then early in the second half, um, Drew Connor takes a knock. Um, yep. and the youngster Alan Torres comes in and 
just makes an immediate impact. I mean, very, yeah. very good shift from Torres. This is a this is a bright spot, and uh, I, I won't say there were few bright spots in this match, but um, you know there weren't a ton. Um, right. And Alan Torres was definitely definitely one of them. Um, so then after that, Gebhard probes forward, has to pull it back, drops it to Torres, and Torres just launches a really nice long ball. And this is one of those where they had been launching prayers pretty much all game, mm-hmm. hoping something will happen. Well, this is the one that fell in. It's it was a very, very, very nice ball uh, toward Maldonado. And then uh, Pablo Hara uh, came out and tried to grab it, but missed. Um, not sure if he just misread it or indecisive or whatever, yeah. but, I mean, he he gets a fingertip on it. He gets his hands on it, but it just squirts right by him. Yeah. Um, Maldonado is able to – I mean, it, this ball is going to go in no matter what. But uh, the, yeah. the defender Owen Green went sliding for the tackle and put it in. Um, I don't know how the letter of the law works in USL League One, but it looked <laughs> like this ball was going to go inside the back post. So yeah. I almost want to call this a goal for Maldonado. But um, well, it is. Way, it it was counted. It was the the league credited Maldonado with the goal, which is which I think was the right call. Like you said, it was it was going in. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, well, you're right. It, it was a goal. Yeah. It would okay. it would have gone in. It was the the commentator first called it an own goal because that's what it looked like. But if you look at it again, the ball's definitely it was a steep angle, uh, from from very close to the byline. But it, it was definitely going in, uh, and Owen Green was was sliding and trying to get it out, and and it basically deflected it off him and went in. So, but it wasn't called an own goal, which makes which which means that Justin Sukol's goal against Richmond can't possibly yeah, got to reverse that right now. Like we got to reverse that. We got to get we got to get Justin Sukol that goal that goal back because it was uh, that clearly was just a deflection, not an own goal. Uh, but in any case, there's Maldonado's first goal of the season. Um, that might have been his first professional goal. I'm not. I don't want to say that definitively, um, but it was definitely Alan Torres's first professional assist. Uh, big big for him that he's only 18. He's on his first pro contract on loan from Indy 11. For folks who don't remember, but um, really good night for him. Absolutely. And uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to defend myself here. So they didn't, I don't believe they didn't correct it on the broadcast. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, they did not correct it on the broadcast. And furthermore, my foot mob app, when the goal initially happened, called it an own goal as well. So I'm defending myself yeah. there and, and assuming that yeah. was an own goal, but Rob, you are, uh, you are the, the, the man with the information. So I'm glad you were able to, to correct yeah. me. No, it was, I, it was, it was, I, I, I assumed it would be, credit as an own goal also like you're not mm-hmm. wrong to think that but uh yeah but the, but the league stats give it give it to mikey and and he deserved it mm-hmm. and uh coach neil goes with the line change in the 71st minute uh cyrus <laughs> rod rojay smith and jeremiah strang all come on for bartman and bakajam and dean uh so it could be minutes management could just be you know, one one draw. Besides this prayer of a long ball, haven't really been able to generate much. Yep. Let's let's throw these guys in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think it might be a little bit of both, but I also think it's it's saying you know what what we're doing over seventy one plus minutes uh, hasn't quite been the the right formula. So let's change it up a little bit and see if we can yep. we can make something happen. Um, and as I mentioned, Rojay Smith, one of those guys to come on. 10 minutes later, what happens? Uh, well, first of all, we should give a huge shout out. We'll do our shout outs later, but mm-hmm. we're mentioning Mike Maldonado again. Um, he makes this whole thing happen. Yeah. Uh, he gets into the box, draws three defenders, is still able to keep the ball at his feet, even though all these guys are trying to take the ball away from him. Is really, really good to protect the ball there. Yep. Um, and Roger Smith is over. Uh, intelligently pulls himself back to the top of the box where there's open space. Mm-hmm. Maldonado, even with this traffic around him, is able yep. to find Smith. Uh, nice touch towards the center. And mm-hmm. then uh, two conven- two defenders converging. Now this, I believe, takes multiple deflections. I think I might believe have it sort of too, squirts yeah. through the initial defender and then takes a deflection off another one. Uh, mm-hmm. But it ping-pongs or pinballs, I should say, into the back of the net. And suddenly you're feeling really good as a Ford Madison fan. Yeah, this is minutes. great. This is like yeah. in the 82nd minute. So this is like late yeah. in the match. Like you feel like, okay, now we can park the bus and, and see this one out. Yeah. Um, and that's what you would hope to do. Uh, but another late equalizer. Now this one was not in stoppage time. So I don't know if there's any not credit quite. to be given there that it wasn't in stoppage time. It wasn't in the 10th minute of an eight minute stoppage time, 
but it was just a few minutes later in the 87th minute. Um, Cassini's whistled for a foul. That's when Madison and uh, uh, the ball is just rolling away. And this was just a very, very quick restart here. I almost thought like it was like a frustration boot at first. I wasn't really sure what was going on. I'm like, oh, he's going to get carded. But then I realized that like, oh no, they're playing on. Like we're, yeah, we're in the definitely very weird. I've never seen that quick of a restart before. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that was, that was, it was, if you watch it slowly, if you watch it carefully, like the ball's rolling away from when Cassini was whistled for the foul, the ball's rolling away. Like nobody kicked it away. It was just like, that's where the ball was going. Mm-hmm. And you could say that the ball had stopped rolling. But you could also say that it definitely had not stopped rolling. If you watch well, the watch the replay on the on the highlights, but Jake Dangler comes up and just basically kicks the ball while it's still rolling, which is not a legal free kick. I get that in soccer, where the ball is when the play is blown dead and where it restarts. There's there's mm-hmm. definitely some some uh, liberalness there in terms of yeah. where exactly things are, are replayed and restarted. Right. I sure. get that, but. Even with these quick restarts that we see, the ball is still reset first. Like yeah. you always oh, well, put yeah. the ball down and then kick it right away. Yes, this ball well, thirteen. He's literally just coming up to a ball and kicking it, and the ref's like, "Yep, that's good. Play on." Yeah, yeah. No, that that I, this is the kind of guy I am. I looked it up. Law thirteen is very clear. The ball must be stopped. You have the ball cannot be moving when you kick it. So, like, you'd have to argue that the ball had rolled to a stop before Dengler hit it, and I don't think you can argue that. But the quickness of the restart isn't what caused the goal, I don't think, because Madison was still pretty organized defensively. But Dengler makes the uh, although although had the ball stopped, like they would have been, it would have been a very different situation. Like, had they actually stopped the ball and and taken a proper free kick from the center of the pitch, it would have been a much more conventional like set play but the way it was is it was basically just a long ball like a in the run of play almost a long ball from dingler to kingsford ajay who's one-on-one with mitch osmond and mitch osmond i'm sure he would tell you he's got to do better with this he did he got his angles all wrong and he did not contain kingsford ajay to the outside and was kind of like was was almost like turning him inside and like and like shuffling sort of backwards and, and well, I, I don't he's know. He's also a good five, six yards from him too, which I think he is did give him a lot of room. Yeah. Problem. The yeah. angle's an issue too, but you're also mm-hmm. giving this guy just acres Too of space to yeah. work with and set up a shot. Yeah. Which he, which is exactly what he did. He got the ball down his right foot and got a little bit of space and just hammered a, you know, take nothing away from the finish. Uh, Great finish. All the way to the far post. I think Brino wasn't quite expecting it. I think if anybody was hurt by the quick restart, it might have been Phil Brino because he just wasn't quite uh, – he was a little bit on his heels, wasn't quite um, ready for and it. he expressed but, um, some serious frustration after that goal too. I can't I, – I, I, it was unclear to me whether he was frustrated with Osman because of the way he played that defensively, frustrated mm-hmm. with himself for letting in that goal, frustrated with the officials for allowing the quick restart. I'm not sure where the frustration was, yeah. but there was definite like – he, yeah – yeah, you it was, it was an uncharacteristic show of frustration from Fabrino. He's usually pretty even yeah. keel, but he was unhappy with that one yeah. for sure. Um, Absolutely. But, and, and you feel like, oh, yep, there it is. Of course, the lady pleasure. But we all, we, uh, Madison almost won this thing in the, at the very yeah. death. And, and there was a free kick, a very nicely taken free kick. I think it was Mikey Maldonado again, took a very nice free kick right to the head of Eric Leonard, who put it right on frame. And Pablo Hara had to make the save of the week. It was literally one save of the week for this mm-hmm. to keep, for keeping this out at the near post. And it was a, it was, it was a moment where you were like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, exactly. and, but, but it was nice to see, um, nice to see, uh, you know, at least a, a, a good solid effort at the end to try to try to get all three points. Yeah. And, and so you're looking at this match and, you know, obviously you have that sour taste in your mouth at the end, giving up that late equalizer. I think that's inevitable. But when you look at the matches as a whole, um, I thought Madison, again, adjusted very well. We've credited Matt Glazer multiple times on his adjustments. Well, Coach Neal did the same thing. And the way not, not only he adjusted at half, but within the second half, too. He saw yeah. um, that there maybe needed some personnel changes. He didn't wait too long to make those changes. 71st minute gives these guys time to get in the match and make an impact. 
You know, anytime yeah. you see a, a sub made, I don't know, 83rd, 84th, 85th minute. Yeah, I, I never know like, what the point is. Yeah. What's the uh, point? <laughs> unless you're really wanting to lock it down, like you either have a draw or have a lead sure. that yep. you want to secure. I can see that. But if you're chasing, I don't know what a 85th minute sub does for you. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm like that he make these uh, made these subs, you know, within the second half, um, giving the guys time. Um, they didn't play their best in this match. I don't think uh, Mikey Maldonado had a great performance. We talked about Alan Torres, but I don't think anybody else you could say they played up to their potential in this match at all. Right. Um, and that happens. Sometimes you just have an off night, and sometimes everybody's off night happens to be on the same night. Well, it's also, um, it's also the first time you've seen Tormenta, and you've, it's the first time you've seen their the way they line up, and, and it's just an unfamiliar mm-hmm. opponent. And, and and they and give credit to Tormenta; they played defensively well. So yeah, it was a rough, it was it was a rough night at the office, but you got out and you you get some grit and you got out a, a result. You get a road point, yeah. which keeps you. I'm not saying a loss would have dropped you out of any sort of you know contention or anything like that, but it's no. a big point to sort of keep you in that race. And we were talking yep. off air, Rob, uh, that you know it's it, you're you're right in the thick of this USL League One race. Um, you are a, a win away from sort of being in that top upper echelon yep. of, of teams. Uh, so you put yourself in a good spot, especially compared to where this team was as we headed into the month of June, right? We said we wanted 10 points from the, from the Mingos in June, just three matches in, we already have seven. So you're on a, you're on a good track. Um, and I think they've, they've really turned things around. They put, they've put together some really, really good performances, um, and even matches like over the weekend, you don't necessarily have a good performance, but you still get a result out of it. Yes. And I think that shows, you know, we talk about the word grit. I think that shows a, a mentality in this team that they are, are willing to sort of fight through those challenges and, and, you know, still work to get the job done. Um, and yeah. a road draw when you objectively as a team were, were playing nowhere near your best I think in that perspective, through that lens, you'll very, very much take that. Yeah, you will. And, and as frustrating as it was to concede the late, late equalizer, like I say, you, you step back, you look at it overall, um, and uh, you're feeling pretty good. You're, you're unbeaten in four matches after a really rough stretch earlier in the season. And, um, you know, l- looking at the way the table's lining up, looking at the way the next several weeks are lining up, um, I, I'm still feeling pretty good. Absolutely. And tonight is a big one. Um, Ray Stevens, Henny Derby against Richmond. I think maybe from a, a, a table placement perspective and where these two teams are, maybe the most important Henny Derby that we've seen. Probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that. And, uh, you know, I haven't checked the weather forecast, but it's been pretty nice <laughs> this week. Hopefully it stays the same. Uh-huh. Uh for the match tonight. And uh, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere and it's a real opportunity to, to prove that you belong in that, you know, short list of teams that can win the league. I think three points at home against a team like Richmond will mm-hmm. definitely do that for you. Um, and then you go Sunday to Charlotte, who we'll talk about in a minute, um, our uh, complete Jekyll and Hyde team from where they were mm-hmm. uh, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, looking quite beatable at this point. Um, and then, your July Fourth plans, you you can you can uncancel your July Fourth plans uh, if you're a Ford Madison fan. <laughs> uh, the game at Northern Colorado has been moved to the fifth because this is interesting, Rob. So Northern Colorado they had to move home venues. They're now playing at Colorado right, State. Right. I don't know if that was the plan or if something happened to um, cause this this change, this adjustment. Huh. I thought it was a very very weird announcement how they just announced like. Hey, by the way, they made it sound like a positive thing. So credit to the social media team for kind of marketing it in a positive way. But like, hey, exciting news. We're going to be playing our home matches at Colorado State for the rest of the season. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. But that's very yeah. interesting because they, they didn't have a home game for the first like two months of the season. Like they just had their first home game recently. I wonder yeah. if there's something wrong with the turf or the pitch or the Quite stadium or what? Huh? Anyways, so that match has been moved to July 5th, so you have your July 4th holiday off to, uh, to enjoy some stuff. All right, going around the re- league, Rob, um, you watched these matches and I didn't, uh, to be quite quite honest. So uh, <laughs> take us around the league. 
Uh, yeah, so Richmond, uh, three to two over Northern Colorado. Destin Norman for Northern Colorado got his second yellow card just half hour into it. And, uh, <clears throat> and then Richmond got goals uh, just before the half from Neil Daniels and our old friend Emiliano Tezagi. And another late one from Jonathan Bolaños. Uh, Northern Colorado did get a goal from uh, Robbie Cornwall, who is actually quietly having a pretty decent year mm-hmm. since he moved over from North Carolina. And then another late on uh, from Leo Fala just to make things interesting. But uh, Richmond hangs on for the 3-2 victory there. North Carolina, speaking of them, uh, they get a 2-0 win, win over Charlotte. Uh, Nicholas Molina scored uh, just past the hour mark. And then uh, Garrett McLaughlin. Converts the late penalty to seal it. I believe he's the golden boot winner or uh, leader at the moment. Uh, I was going to say, he's sort of getting like the Trezaghi treatment on this podcast yeah. recently, yeah. which is the amount of, of goals he's scoring. Yep, yep. Although Galindris might have caught up uh, to him now. We'll get to him in a second. But anyway, Greenville 2 nothing over Omaha. Jacob Lavowitz continues his run of good form. He had the two goals against Madison, or he had the one goal and then the other offsides, offside thing that counted as a goal technically uh he got one uh late in the first half and then jake keegan finally off the schneid finally gets his first goal of the season with a header in the 56th minute uh to see that out through a uh, two nothing win over omaha and then tucson and central valley was a, a barn burner a thriller a zero zero draw 20 shots between them okay tucson had nine shots central valley had 11 of those 20 shots only one was on target it was. Uh, it must have been just a tremendously boring thing to watch. Um, and then Wednesday of this week, uh, Chattanooga gets a win over Charlotte by a record-setting scoreline of seven to one. It's a new league record for the most goals in a, in a game. Juan Glendris got a hat trick. And Charlotte just had no answer. Charlotte actually scored first and was ahead for a bit, and then and then went on to the seven to one, and actually had a, a penalty saved at the very end. And so just there, just there would have been a little bit of dignity, perhaps, but mm-hmm. no, it was not to be. Um, Rob, and then- I, have a, I have a stat here for you. Um, so if these if these numbers are updated um, or not updated as of today, then Galindres is now the Golden Boot winner. Um, he's listed as, as at five goals on the season on the website. I'm guessing uh-huh. that hasn't been updated as we're recording here. Quite possibly. Quite so I, he, I think he would have the, the lead over McLaughlin then for the golden that, boot. That sounds about right. Um, and then, of course, uh, big news in the U.S. Open Cup. Union Omaha looking to uh, become the first USL League One side into the semifinals. Was not to be. Uh, this mm-hmm. is they, they, they finally came back down to earth. They, they ran into a, a sporting Kansas City side who actually took them seriously yep. and put put their uh, put their actual first team on the field against these Omaha. It was one nil at halftime. You felt like, you know, Union Omaha was was clearly being outclassed. Right. Kansas City had all the possession, had all the chances. Mm-hmm. But you, with Omaha, you just never know. Like they can they can steal one pretty quick on a counterattack or something. But nope, uh, the sporting Kansas City got five more in the second half ended up winning that one six nil um and uh, no. omaha just could not keep up with their with their size really was kind of the big thing and, and uh, yeah and in yeah. kansas city you're playing them at the way wrong time if you're omaha if this was in yeah. one of the earlier rounds i think you would have an opportunity but they flipped the switch since the international break mm-hmm. um where they i think uh, i don't know if it's a if peter vermi is realizing that he might be on the hot seat so he needs to turn things around or if it's just the club sort of coming together at the right time Mm-hmm. Um, to, to try to find some some results, but they've been playing a lot better since the international break. So not a great time for Omaha to play them, and also Omaha very much in the middle of their league season. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was just a situation where they ran out of gas. What a run for this unit in Omaha what team! Yeah, uh, yep. you can't take anything away from them. That's incredible to make it to the quarterfinals as a third division side. Uh, yep. But at some point, that you're going to run out of gas. And uh, they 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 just did, but all credit to them for their for that run they made, unbelievable. Yep, yep, they got their bonus and uh, you know acquitted themselves really admirably throughout the entire tournament and uh, uh, just ran into a buzzsaw. So around Wisconsin now, um, Bavarians and Adria 
uh, will face off at SeatGeek Stadium this Saturday, the 25th, um, for the USL, uh, excuse me, USASA Region 2 Amateur Cup uh, Championship. So that'll be uh, that'll be a lot of fun. I believe that's going to be televised on, uh, on, on 11 Sports. Um, so if you don't have that app, but you want to check out that match, download the app and just look up Bavarians or Adria or um, one of the teams, and you should be able to watch it there. Um, in Wapassel, the Wisconsin Primary Amateur Soccer League, very much like the Western and Northwestern corners of, uh, of Wisconsin represented in this league. Uh, Lobos FC, big win over Hayward Wolfpack, 3-2. to two. Uh, Hayward, for context, were sort of the odds-on preseason favorites to win the league. Uh, Lobos was very much not uh, picked to finish <laughs> very, very mid-table. So mm-hmm. that's a big win for them. And they actually moved up to uh, second in the table, or I believe third, excuse me, third in the table. Um, after this win where Hayward is sort of dropping back to that mid-table positioning. Um, big win for Poskin Jets, their first win of the season, 3-2 to two over Barron's soccer team. Um, and after scoring 23 goals in the last two games, uh, Bateau get just one against uh, fellow Eau Claire side, Union Eau Claire. And that's all they need as they would win the Eau Claire Derby, 1-0. So Bateau now taking the top spot on that goal differential. Nobody's going to catch them on goal differential. <laughs> Plus 22 goal yeah. differential on the season. Nobody's going to catch that. Uh, but Bateau very much uh, um, a big win for them uh, against their, uh, their, their city rivals, mm-hmm. uh, bumping <laughs> them from the top of the table and taking that top spot themselves. Um, very, very exciting stuff happening in Wapassel. Uh, very close to my neck of the woods here in uh, in eastern Minnesota. So I'm um, always paying close close attention to that. Uh, Green Bay Glory and the USLW League bounced back from that loss to Call Valley to get a 2-2 draw in the rematch. Uh, it was Abby Gemza, equalizer at the death, and then a 1-0 win at St. Louis Lions on a goal from Skyler Prentice. So Green Bay still be, you know showing out very respectably uh, in their first uh, USLW League season in the Heartland Division. Unfortunately, they happen to be in the same division as Minnesota Aurora, who have not lost in eight, in, uh, eight matches. So, um, And it's only the winners of the divisions who actually make that, na- that national playoffs. But I think Green Bay at this juncture can be very, very proud of this initial season. Um, and we talked about it at length. Or, you know, them and Aurora, they're the only two independently owned and operated teams in this entire league. So, um, very, very cool to see that. And, um, not completely out of the, uh, of the, of the race just yet. Um, they have two more matches coming up this weekend, but they actually finish off the season, Rob, with a home back to back against Minnesota Aurora. So you have, if you have points to make up, if the you best can way stay, to make up is by beating the team at the top and they'll have two opportunities to do that to close out the season. If you can stay in striking distance until then, those two yep. games could be pretty big. Absolutely. Uh, girls high school state finals, uh, division four, Lake County Lutheran three, Racine Prairie School one. Uh, in division three, it was New Berlin Eisenhower six, uh, topping Green Bay Notre Dame, uh, with one goal there. So, six one final. Um, very, very tight one in division two, Oregon one, Whitefish Bay nil. Oregon had been outscoring opponents 41 nil through the state playoffs or ended up outscoring opponents 41 nil through the state playoffs. This is really the only close match that they played. Uh, and they finished the season ranked number one nationally. And then in Division One, uh, Muskego tops Divine Savior Holy Angels two to one. So very, very exciting stuff. Uh, a few really, really good competitive matches, including Whitefish Bay giving Oregon uh, a run for their money in that Division Two final, but it is, is the national number one ranked team who gets it done. All right. Well, we don't have an interview to get to, Rob. Usually this is where we toss to the interview, but I guess we will go right into the shout outs. And since I've been talking for the last few minutes, I'll throw it to you. All right. I will start with Neil Levati, uh, the interim coach, the pinch hitting uh, manager uh, for for both the Paderborn um, friendly and this this match uh, on on Sunday at Tormenta. Uh, Really good job. putting the best team on the field, obviously making the adjustments as needed, especially after that very frustrating first half, you're down a goal to nil. Uh, and without making a lot of, he didn't make changes at halftime to personnel, but he got the guys to make some adjustments and, mm-hmm. um, and, and to try to cope better with what Tormentor were doing. And that's, that's how, how we were able to get that result. Uh, a sub shout out to John Pascarella, 
Uh, Neil Labadee, is, as we know, is uh, um, prone to, to offer constructive feedback to the officials, for which he is often thanked with yellow cards. He was offering some constructive feedback early in this match, like in the 20th minute, to the fourth official, and, and JP just stepped right in the middle of it and, and just sort of put his arm around the fourth official and was just sort of very was very very friendly and uh and he was able to to kind of intervene and keep neil from getting himself uh, uh carded or or yellow carded or, or worse i need a uh i need a stat up on the usl league one website coach yellow cards accumulated and see who <laughs> leads the league i have a, i have i have a feeling coach neil would find himself very much at or very near the top, of, the top that, of that table yeah of that particular table yeah absolutely um, my first shout out is for a guy I don't think we've really spoken enough about uh, on this week's podcast, Mikey Maldonado. This was a game where Madison needed a spark from someone. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it, they were very much just, we had mentioned, it just didn't seem like it was it was necessarily their night. Uh, a lot of guys were just having off nights uh, all at the same time, pretty much. But it was the play of Mikey Maldonado. Like right off the bat, you mentioned early on, he had, uh, you know, he generated a shot that wasn't necessarily a dangerous shot, but it sort of set the tone for his entire match. He's, you know, he's in on on the goal, uh, on the on both goals. Yep. Uh, you know, he scores the first goal, uh, but very much in on the second goal as well, making things happen. Um, he's just had had an excellent performance. Um, you know, he, d- he does a lot on that left side for forward Madison, but mm-hmm. to see him have this performance and, and, and literally help carry the team to a result on the road, uh, directly with his play, um, very, very happy for him, uh, because he's put in a lot of work this season and he's been yeah. asked, a lot has been asked of him this mm-hmm. season and he's sort of flown under the radar a little bit with his performances and he's put together some really good performances, but when you're not the one scoring or assisting on the goals that can sort of fly under the radar. So the fact that he was able to get in on, on the, on the stat sheet in a big way, um, really happy for him. Yeah. And he spent so many weeks uh, in the, in the number six spot when wheels was out. And so Mm -hmm. again, he kind of got lost in there, but he also, he earned uh, player of the week honors from the league for his performance. And we talked last week about, the last couple of games, there's always there's been one guy stepping up. A few weeks ago, it was Nezzy and Bartman. Then last week, it was Matthias Cassini. This week, it's Mikey Maldonado, 100%. Um, <clears throat> my second shout-out is for Roger Smith, who um, play who has gotten less playing time recently uh, with, with Bartman and with Cassini coming on and stronger uh, and, and Drew Connor coming on stronger. Roger has, has kind of had to step to the side. And, um, and, and Matt Glazer last week, called him out as a guy who's earned minutes yep. you know he's he's earned he's earned a spot but but when you're winning you it's hard to change anything right so um so when he, he does come into this match and uh and I immediately makes an impact you know gets his first goal yep. of the season and i'll remind everybody preseason you got we were choosing who's we we're picking trying to pick who was going to be our leading scorers i said roger smith i i maintain this is just the beginning for him i think he's going to pour a bunch more in uh, absolutely i agree <laughs> um Another shout out uh, on the player side, Alan Torres talked about kind of the, the energy he brought and the impact he brought off the bench, um, you know, getting his first professional assist um, on a beautiful long ball. I mean, he, he was helping make things happen when Ford Madison needed it most mm-hmm. um, makes, makes, makes coach Neil look really, really smart on that substitution as well. Yep. Uh, when you can go in and make that kind of instant impact and um, just, just really good to see. And hopefully he can build off that and, I'm sure because of that, he'll get more opportunities moving forward. Hopefully, he can make the most of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we remember the impact he made in the U.S. Open Cup game against Cleveland. I mean, he was yep. dynamic and all over the place in that one. And uh, I, I see just a ton of upside for that kid. Um, my uh, final shout-out is for Sacramento Republic of USL Championship. They are the uh, first lower division club into the semifinal of the U.S. Open Cup uh, with a big win over Los Angeles Galaxy um, uh, on uh, Tuesday night, and uh, they will they will be now up against Sporting Kansas City. So you know, best of luck to you there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, but to, but to be um, at that level, and and you know the la- the last team to do it was FC Cincinnati, who are now in MLS. So um, yep. you know, it's a, it's a big big deal to make it to the semifinal of that tournament. So so well well done, Sacramento Republic. 
And really cool for that city too, right? A city that had an MLS team literally ripped from them before it even yeah. started. Right. Um, you know, that's that soccer community stayed pat and they really rallied around the Republic as their team after that happened. And um to see them make this run and be one win away from a US Open Cup final is it's really cool and it's a it's a great story. There's actually so I was listening to a podcast and you know there might not be a lot of uh, MLS fans listening to this particular podcast, but there's a daily MLS podcast that I listened to and they had somebody uh, from Sacramento Republic. I cannot remember the guy's name. He's not with the club, but he's following the club and he's writing a book on them mm. about how the cool. city's soccer, it's sort of kind of, it starts when the MLS thing com- fell through mm-hmm. and it's sort of how, how this club has helped the soccer community sort of get through that and mm-hmm. um, you know how they kind of feel like they don't even need, they don't really need an MLS team anymore because they have Sacramento Republic. So um really cool and so he was actually on that podcast today talking about sort of his vantage point and providing yes. a lot of the context on what that city has gone through and the team and things like that so just hearing those stories and hearing um how much it means to that community is is awesome so i'll, I'll be you know it, it, in addition to being minnesota united's rivals sporting kansas city i'll also just be rooting <laughs> for sacramento uh yeah. because of that story as well so um hopefully they can yeah. at least make a game out of it in the semis And your final shout out. Oh yeah, got to do mine, huh? Uh, <laughs> my third and final shout out is uh, uni- is for Union Omaha. Sure. Um, you know they um, they they had a great run. It, it fell short uh, in the in the quarterfinals, but they should be very proud of themselves too. A third division side making a run like that, and you know knocking off multiple MLS teams in the process. Um, one being Minnesota United, uh, but I still thought that, still thought that was really cool. Um, one. Bonus shout outs that I want to give though um, is uh, to Tormenta's jerseys. Um, I was watching, I was watching the match and for the first, I'd say, cause I didn't see any of the pregame. I turned it on literally like right at kick. Mm-hmm. And the first I'd say minute, I did not know who was who for a second <laughs> because Tormenta's jerseys were very forward Madison esque, the color scheme, I mean, that's a, that's a jersey you could see Ford Madison wearing with the branding and the design and things like that. So, um, yeah, made it very made I, it very difficult. Maybe they were trying to confuse Ford Madison. Maybe. The, well, the, the pass it right to a Tormenta guy because I think it's a teammate. When they when they first unveiled that jersey a few weeks ago, I didn't do it because I, I didn't want to be that guy. But I almost um, tweeted a picture of that new jersey alongside the drip kit because it's the same shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's very, it's, very, very. It's similar. a Cassidy Simnisky design in South Georgia. It's just a knockoff of the drip kit. It was pretty bad. Even my kid, my twelve-year-old, is like, "Isn't that Ford Madison's jersey?" <laughs> yeah, it's almost like almost like they didn't have, that like something happened with their jerseys. So Ford Madison had to bring <laughs> had to bring their twenty twenty jerseys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rob, uh, send us home with a fun fact. Uh, all right, so speaking of U.S. Open Cup, which, by the way, your, your shout-out to Union Omaha is much easier to take when there are two places behind us on the table. So yeah. um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave them there. But in the MLS era, which is, goes to 1996, only three times has a lower-level team, a team lower than MLS, made it to the U.S. Open Cup final, which Sacramento Republic could do. Mm-hmm. Um, two of those were Rochester Rhinos, uh, back in 96, uh, the, the first year of MLS, and then they won the tournament in 1999. Uh, Rochester Rhinos are now in MLS Next Pro for some reason. They're no longer Rhinos. They're Rochester, New York, FC, whatever. But mm-hmm. maybe the funnest thing, look, if you scroll back through the, the on the Wikipedia page of the U.S. Open Cup Finals, there's one team that is currently a member of USL League One that has won the U.S. Open Cup. And if you know anything about the history of this uh, of the league, you know it's Richmond Kickers. Uh, in their third year of existence, in 1995, the year before the MLS happened, they won the U.S. Open Cup in a penalty shootout over El Paso Patriots. There you go. Maybe Sacramento Republic can add their name to that esteemed list of U.S. Open. Uh, Cup do you know? Finals do you know who the third? The, the other? The, the the only other team that's made the final from the USL Championship. Who? Oh. The Charleston Battery in 2008. Nice. 
That's uh, that's very cool. And uh, I think uh, it would be really, really cool to see Sacramento do that. Sporting Kansas City, as they showed, pretty dominant against Omaha. So I don't think it's going to be easy, but uh, that would be that would be very that would I think really I, I think this has sort of solidified the the USL's quality and the kind of the mm-hmm. the standing that they should have in the American soccer, you know, perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they were to make the final and be on that stage, I think that would continue to turn more heads toward USL. I mean, yeah. you just had uh, you just had. Uh, you know, a transfer recently. I'm sorry, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, they go to a, a top tier team in Europe. Uh, yeah. Yep, there we go. That's it. I just escaped my brain for for some mm-hmm. reason. But now you have Sacramento Republic in the U.S. Open Cup semifinals. Like USL, we we've known this for a while because we're in it, right, Rob? Like yeah. we mm-hmm. watch this stuff every week, so we know the quality of this league. But you know, strictly MLS watchers or casual American soccer fans don't, I think, quite know yet. But I think they're starting to because of these storylines that are starting mm-hmm. to emerge. And I can only hope that that continues moving forward, even if Sacramento loses uh, to Sporting Kansas City in the semis. Um, you know, I think as we get further into 2022 and 2023, there will be more top tier soccer, American soccer storylines that involve mm-hmm. USL. It's yeah, not yeah. just going to be MLS. It's not just going to be the national teams. It's going to be, there's going to be USL involved too. I mean, um, Joe Lowry from uh, The Athletic, or uh, he ho- co hosts a podcast in The Athletic. He just started a new website called Back Heeled. He's very, very prominent in the American soccer media scene. So he just started this new website and he actually has somebody on there devoted to covering USL. Nice. Um, and so it's, it's, it's that sort of stuff where there's value in USL being a, a continued conversation and, and a, 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 a everyday conversation in the American soccer, you know, system in the American soccer sure. world. So yeah. uh, hopefully that continues, but that's where I'm going to end my tangent. Um, and that's, where we're going to end the podcast this week. Thank you guys. Shorter one. Cause we didn't have an interview, but hopefully we entertained you enough with, uh, <laughs> some good uh breakdown and analysis um and we hope you enjoy the match tonight hopefully it's an enjoyable match tonight when we have something fun to break down um I believe we'll have two matches to uh, two matches next, next week, week. Yep. yep so uh, next week. yep it's gonna be a busy one i we, we will you know hopefully have a guest on next week too so we're gonna make up for the light pod this week with a very very heavy pod next week so uh enjoy the matches we will catch you then thank you so much for tuning in and uh next week on talking plot see you guys